1: we return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers
0: Radio, 630-10. 1234 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stauffer, Brendan F. Scott, with you. This is Oilers Now where guests receive guest certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse, follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, and Taylor that Oilers now sent you. We are pleased to be joined on the line by Mark Spector for the Horses, Horse Racing Alberta, and the 7,000 men and women employed in the horse racing and breeding industry. Hello, Mr. Spector. How are you doing?
1: No, having a pretty good day, Bob. How are you doing, my friend?
0: Not bad. Not bad at all. In the studios came down to do a little bit of voice work earlier today. The orders are on the ice over at Roger's place. And I thought uh, your
1: voice was beyond repair. What's that? I
0: thought your voice was beyond repair. You're still working on it? Uh, well, uh, you know, Mark, I'm, I'm an on. You know what? I'm an ongoing project. What can I tell you? Never stop trying to improve. You know what I'm saying? I know you've kind of mailed it in on several occasions, but I'm trying to get better here, brother. I've read yours. I've read your stuff, and it's uh, it's been very. You got a. You got some guy wrote a. Um, uh, a blog out of Arizona. I didn't know there was actually a hockey blog out of Arizona, but apparently there is, and some guy took issue with the fact that you called the uh, Coyotes boring.
1: Oh, really? I haven't seen that yet. I'll have to Yes. not try to find it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I've, uh, they're the new Minnesota Wild, right? Like, how long have we... You've been watching... You've covered probably... Oh, certainly every game since you started with Arizona. And I've certainly been watching them play since they came in the league in 96, since they came from Winnipeg. And uh, they play very boring hockey, very tight hockey. It doesn't win. You know, they've made the playoffs. Well, they missed it for seven years in a row. They might make uh, it this
0: year, Mark. Well, maybe. Talk, you
1: know. Sure, maybe. You know, they still have a very poor fan base. They don't have any TV viewers. So this thing about, well... We play boring, but it wins. Actually,
0: no. Yeah, this guy, this guy he doesn't win. This guy obviously parlayed it back and had taken shots at the Oilers. Have only made the playoffs once in only- all. Nah, that's
1: fine. I'm not. That article's not about the Oilers. Don't worry. You know me, Bob. I know you. Time you've, to carve, you've, the Oilers, I carve the Oilers. Yeah, no, no, no. But
0: here, here's Mark. <laughs> I'll take it one step further. Okay. What do you think happened when the Oilers got the cap money? The Canadian Assistance uh, Program from 2001 to 2004 when Cal Nichols was chairman of the EIG, how do you think Jeremy Jacobs would have been? <laughs> I know the, the answer to this, but keep going. Okay, so the orders for for the listeners that don't have a trip down memory lane here. Uh, Edmonton, Calgary, and Ottawa got a little bit of help from their American partners from 2001 to 2004, okay? They got $3 million a year, okay? Uh, at no point when Edmonton was playing Dallas in 2001 or again in 2003 in the playoffs, the owners, I don't even think, were in 50% of the, the team cap of what the uh, Dallas Stars were. How do you think uh, Jeremy Jacobs would have handled it if uh, Kevin Lowe's GM would have outbid Boston on a free agent?
1: Yeah, that, well, there's a couple things there. First of all, there was very little bit of money coming, as I recall. Yes, you know, it was like $5 million a year or something. Yep. Uh, and the Oilers were, their operating expenses were losing that kind of money. So it wasn't even enough money to say, okay, take all this money and go into free agency. It was just enough money to keep the Oilers from shuddering, basically. Yeah. Uh, certainly from the owners for having to dig deeper and deeper into their own pockets. So, right. You know, it's way more money now because there's way more money in the pot. I'm fine with I don't even care. Here, like, uh, support d- Arizona. Okay,
0: support and, Arizona. and that's that's where we want to go. Care. So, uh, you know, and you wrote the piece. Actually, this goes so far back. I think you were at the National Post before Your Long story short, since the 0405 lockout, so since we've had a cap system, it's my belief that all but one year, Edmonton has contributed to re- So basically 10 or 11 teams contribute to revenue sharing, and 10 right. or 11 teams take out of revenue sharing, OK? And maybe, let's just, let's just play it safe. Maybe, let's say, since 5 506 two of the years, Edmonton has been sort of 12 through 20. The rest mm-hmm. of the time, they've been top 11 and contributing. Uh, some of the years, the orders have probably been as high as fourth or fifth, like maybe the first year in Rogers' place. Uh, so here you here and 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 here's the point in this. So the Arizona Coyotes, can we agree they've taken money out every year? We know they've taken sure, it, right? Of course, like they have. twenty to twenty five. So here we go. There's so only, what's that going to do with this? Said Bob. Just so mark, money. Mark, where are we here? Okay. okay. It's guess which team has currently got the highest cap according to Cap Friendly in the league. Arizona. So so they're basically drafting off of the ticket payers in places like Toronto, Montreal, New York, Chicago, Edmonton, and and now they've propped their – so I think they have a chance, Mark, to be more competitive – but the irony is it's in large part because the other franchises have propped them up through this whole process it's kind of ironic
1: to me well i suppose i mean cbc radio and cbc television takes tax dollars from the other their competitors and competes against them with it that's just the way life works you know no one expects cbc to intentionally finish in second place because they're taking those tax dollars and i don't expect the arizona coyotes to to you know, move aside and let the rich teams win. Whatever they're taking money, they're competing. I got, I don't, I have no problem with the Arizona Coyotes, except for that. They, I, we need to watch them play. What are we watching them play these days? Five times a year?
0: Yeah, four or five times you know, a year.
1: Watch that game last night it was a travesty for the sport of hockey. It's an awful hockey game, right? They line up at center ice like the old New Jersey Devils did right they check 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 they just sit around and wait for a mistake and then they capitalize and they win fair and square and they take a which what's really become a good product like i'm i wrote the other day the nhl game is in such a good place right now you know because there's only i mean there's barely any new jerseys out there now or uh arizona's there's way more teams that are playing hockey uh-huh. And But Arizona doesn't. They play a very boring, terrible, awful game, and it reflects in their popularity, Bob. How are you supposed to sell that product in the desert? There's a reason no one goes, right? They go in the, in the rink in Arizona, they see that product. Are you coming back? I'm not coming back. It's awful hockey, Bob.
0: Well, I, I don't know. Every time I go there with Edmonton, a third of the fans that are in the building are Oilers fans.
1: Well, sure they are, but they're not there the next day when, when Columbus is in town. They're just empty seats.
0: Yeah. Right? See, so you think what's happened here, I mean, Dave Tippett preceded Rick Tockett, and yeah. they played, I would suggest to you, they played a pretty defensive minded style they under Dave Tippett. They played a
1: very dull game under Dave Tippett because the, they had no money at that point to get any good players, and it was the only way to, to only lose by one, right? I get it. Like, I understand why. But I think they've got some money now, and they're still playing that way, so.
0: So that's your point. Your point is you don't like it that they're boring to watch.
1: Yeah, I think, well, uh, I, no, well, that's fair. I don't like it, but I'd also, I would question anybody to tell me that it's, that there is success to be found, right? They've been doing it their whole existence down there, Bob. Let's talk about the state of the Arizona franchise, right? The crowds are still, last year they were 29th in the league in attendance, and at this moment they're 27th in the league in attendance. So they're failing in attendance. The TV ratings and the local package is, is you know, the, the numbers are, I mean, oh my God, CJSR does better than they do. Hey, we open
0: with SNFU today, John. I know, I
1: know, I heard that. <laughs> so, you can't, like, why why is it happening? There's no sign of success. They've missed the playoffs seven years in a row. Maybe they make it this year, or maybe it's eight in a row. Like, find me the, the, the feature, Bob me the positive part about being the most boring team in the western conference what is it that's working with that with that approach in arizona i'm the, all ears what's their record oh this year they're five or six games above 500 yeah. we're in with november 5th bob I'm talking big picture, not this year, because they've been boring for 20 years.
0: All right, Mark. Uh, this text comes in from Harry Prairie. Please remind Mr. Spector the Coyotes have scored three less goals than the Oilers.
1: Yes, this year. Right, people fail to think, you know, if that texter wants me to find someone to read the piece to him, it was a piece about the history of the Coyotes, not this
0: year. Okay uh mark i think the coyotes are trying to play a faster style they have more speed than before i noted a change and no team can be as boring as the minnesota wild ever <laughs> that, one comes, well, well, that one comes to us out of bruce alberta so there you go hey uh, let's move on i
1: think no mark you know two. i i you know what you feel strongly about this and that's i do yes yeah. yeah uh well i felt strongly about the jersey devils when they were ruining the game and, and Jacques Lemaire, who's a fine man in the Hall of Famer and all those things, he did nothing but damage to the, to the game of hockey in his time as the coach of the Devils of the Minnesota Wild. Bombs, Mark,
0: right? he made Guy Lafleur quit when he was coaching the Montreal yeah, Canadiens.
1: he didn't help the game one bit. In fact, you they had play completely defense. completely revamped the rule book in the wake of the New Jersey Devils because everyone else started trying to play as boring as they were because they won with it. Well,
0: okay. Yeah. So, how do you uh, how would you assess what's happening with Dave Tippett and how happened? Because th- Mark, here we go. The team was six and one, and on the sixth victory, they beat the Philadelphia Flyers six to three, and Dave was uh, not happy. The Orders had given up fifty two shots, and they were badly outplayed in stretches that game by the Flyers. And since then, the Orders, uh, I guess, they've gone four, three, and two since then. Um, I think the Oilers have clamped it down quite a bit defensively and aren't necessarily willing to trade chances at times. Is that boring to watch for for Oilers fans in Edmonton? Well,
1: there's a difference between saying, and clearly in Edmonton they have to get control of their goals against. There's no doubt about that. You have to defend to play hockey. You know, sure. But the Oilers don't line up along center ice, right, the way Arizona does. They're playing a, a game that you know, they figured out how to trap without obstructing, right? Like the old trap was based not only on, on, you know, steering players into the right spot as they attacked, but it was also based on slowing them down and holding them up and obstructing them. So the new trap that Arizona's playing, uh, they're very smart and quick, you know, and they know where to get to and where to stand and position themselves. But it, it doesn't let anybody carry the puck through the neutral zone, right? We watch the orders play every day. They carry the puck through the neutral zone all the time. Yeah. So does their opponents. That means you get an actual rush once in a while. You know, Arizona's all about you got to ha- chip that thing in, try to make it through their picket fence, and try to get the puck back. And 60 minutes of that, Bob, and uh, give me one scotch and I'm in bed. <laughs> you know? you're, you're
0: lightweight. You used to, used to require <laughs> Three or four Scott just to make that happen before. Mark, stay in the line. We're going to talk about a couple other topics when we return to Oilers Now.
1: Hi, this is Zach Cassian from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 chet
0: Thanks, Zach. It is uh, 1249 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. Spectre and Stoffer for the horses and horse racing, Alberta, and the 7,000 men and women that are employed in Alberta's horse racing industry. We will tell you, you can join new West travel and an orders. Now winter getaway to sunny Florida. This package includes great lower bowl game tickets against Tampa Bay and Florida, five nights accommodation, a welcome reception with yours truly for the orders. Now winter getaway called new West travel at seven eight zero four three two seventy four forty six 7446 or go online at new We've got spec. He's on hold here for a sec. Um, uh, But uh, there were some texts that made me laugh. Bob, Rick Tockett is a dinosaur with no vision. Hopefully he joins the extinction list. Okay. Uh, Bob, Edmonton has tightened it up too, but they also have a wild card when it comes to excitement. His name is Connor McDavid. Text out of Calgary saying, Bob, the orders lock it down in the 2019 way. Uh, Phoenix is full clutch and grab, full obstruction, and the refs didn't call it last night. Scott in Calgary says, Bob, so you're saying the Coyotes are to the NHL, what the province of Quebec is to Canada. (laughs) This one made me laugh out of uh, Boyle, Alberta. We'll bring Mark Spector in here. He's going to get a chuckle out of this one. Bob, Mark Spector, he goes, Alberta is, or sorry, he says, Arizona is about as boring as Mark Spector. That text from Boyle, Alberta. Speck, you got a cousin up in Boyle that likes to give you shots once in a while, or what's going on there?
1: No, I don't know anybody up in Boyle, Bobby.
0: Uh... <laughs> well, maybe that's my cousin Brian, I don't know, or my uncle Milton, be... something like that. Uh, All righty, so uh, you know what? You've, you've hit a theme because there's been a lot of text coming in. By the way, just on the... Um, okay, so they play that style, how did you think the game was officiated lot? I it's a loser's lament, right? You know my theory on this. You can't win. But I I was perplexed. Like there were no calls in the first. They could have called both guys in the first penalty, the Cassian Stepan play to start the second period. Uh the one Cassian got called for was pretty sketchy. They missed the one where Cassian buried Osterley in boards in the third, which you know, Mark, when you and me were growing up growing up, that wasn't a penalty. Today, that is a penalty. There is, They never catch the stuff where McDavid's in full flight and guys are hooking in him and slashing a stick and stuff where slower players, they call that. Um, I was – it didn't inv- – well, it'll, it, if they're not going to call it, it does help Arizona play that style, does it not?
1: Oh, listen, and, and it's, it's like an offensive lineman would tell you that you're holding on every play if you want. You know, and, and that's when you have Conor McDavid on your team, the fastest player in the league, you're going to leave most games saying, geez, there was a couple penalties they could have called on Conor McDavid. That's just a, the way it's always going to be. So if you're an Oilers fan, get used to it. He was not getting every hook and every call. They're not never going to happen because he gets hooked and obstructed more than any player in the league just by the facet of his speed and his dynamic play. So... You know what? I'm not complaining about that. That's just the way life works, folks. You better get used to it. Uh, he's a guy, as Todd McClellan used to say, You know, the way to defend Crony McDavid is to get on him before he gets the puck. Don't let him build up the speed. And, and that's hand in hand with the picket fence at center ice. You know the puck carrier can't get through that picket fence, and neither can Connor McDavid. He did on the first one, the first goal, and and they immediately clean that up. And if you were to watch some film from last night, you would see that when he starts getting going, there's kind of someone in his way, and there's someone slowing him down. And that's fair play. I don't mind it. That's how you play McDavid. All right. So you
0: don't think that the way the game was managed had any benefit to a team that was focused on, uh, you know, not
1: forechecking and playing defense. No, those—that's how hockey works. That's why those teams do it, Bob. Because no, the only thing that when you play that way and you don't force—I mean, they hound the puck a little bit. They do some forechecking, but generally speaking, they're in the neutral zone. When you play that way, Bob. The only thing that is the loser is the entertainment value, yeah. <laughs> you know. Right. That's what gets detracted from. There's no entertainment because uh, right? there's no puck carrying.
0: Let's switch to three quick themes. Miko Koskinen, bad first goal. Spec, for me, he's been pretty good this year.
1: Uh, listen, like, I think people have to – sure, it was a terrible first goal. I get it. It wasn't a good first goal at all. But you know what? He got it overtime, They got their point. Um, the puck, the second goal that goes by is glove hand. I mean, that's a, it's a, the guy wires a thing from 18 feet. You know, I, I'm the first guy to say, I, I've complained about Costin's glove hand yes, for you, a long time. No,
0: you, you said, you said, just a reminder, Mark, you said that the biggest concern you had for the Oilers coming on the season was goaltending yeah. and you weren't convinced that a a uh, split would work, and you were not sold on cons- Koskinen, and I said, if he doesn't have to start 26 out of 29 games, we might have a better read of what this guy is.
1: I mean, that's fair, and, and I was very skeptical, and his glove has been way better. You can't look at Koskinen and say, every time the puck goes over his glove, like the second goal last night, oh, look at his terrible glove hand. Watch the highlights. Yeah. Puck, that puck's going over glove hands. From New York to Los Angeles. He wow, didn't
0: give okay. up the third goal mark in a 2 1 game and helped get the Oilers a point. Yeah, he was fine. He was yep. fine. All right. Know? Joel Pearson on defense. Time for a sit down for a game? Well,
1: you know, you got to. Re- I think we've forgotten something about Joel Pearson here, Bob. This guy is a project, right? He yep. came over here. He's never played on the ice here. He never played in North America. He plays five games. He gets a concussion. He misses seven. And now he's back. He was only his third game last night. Like this guy's not a bona fide NHL player here, right? You know this isn't Chris Russell playing bad. This is a guy that's still trying to figure it out. So sure, I don't care. Sit him down if that's what it takes. That's what it takes. But there's a this guy's a project. He's not a finished a finished deal here. So I don't even know how good he's going to be. Maybe this. Maybe he isn't going to be any good. Maybe he's a one year wonder over here. But he's only played. What's he played, Bob? Uh, yeah, we're not. T- we're not ta- in the NHL.
0: We're not talking Ethan Bear. Where even though Ethan's still under 40 games in his NHL career right now, we're both liking what we're seeing out of Ethan and thinking to ourselves this could be a guy that could spend the next you know six to eight seasons
1: here in Edmonton. Oh, for sure, for sure. And he's he's different because he's played two full seasons in the minors and came up through north american junior hockey there's a lot on this pearson cat's plate man he's a brand new i know he's a little older but there's a lot of brand new for him he's never played in the league this fast before i'll tell you that
0: And no, and that's the one obvious and again this guy was a school teacher four years ago Let's yeah put that so in perspective just chill out a little bit on
1: alex chase on concern get yes. getting concerned well Yeah, I'm sure, surely concerned. No goals at this point in the season. You know, he's he had a couple of chances last night. It's not going in for him. Um, I think that I like what Tippett's trying here. Let's put him up on on the big line and see if you can light a fire under him. But when that doesn't work, what do you do now? Keep him up there, Bob. Well,
0: Gagne was back on right wing at practice today, Speck. Yeah. So we
1: have our answer. Well, the... Listen, we all knew that they're shy on wingers here in Edmonton. Yep. They don't have enough. And they got through the first bunch of games, and they got a bunch of wins, and now they're closer to 500 their last seven or eight games. And and every – the water level always settles out, Bob. <laughs> you know? Like, it was like the right wingers last year. They were great in preseason, and 14 games in the year we said, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I think we're seeing it. There's not enough wingers here. We get that. And no one's okay, if anyone's surprised by it. I'm not sure why you would be. I mean, my concern for chase on
0: isn't that he gets 12 to 15. My concern is he gets to 12. Like seriously, because he to me is a little bit streaky historically as a player. You you, you know, you invested two years at 2.2 million. You, you paid him for what he did last year. 22 goal season. He did have 21 games where he didn't score. I know at some point he's going to get hot here, but the, the Oilers need him. Like They need some offensive contributions from him. He's, uh, he's with Haas at practice today. Those two, By the way, the, the one positive over the last couple of games has been Haas and Cave each scoring and each giving the Oilers some good minutes, Mark.
1: Yeah, I think they've got three games in a row here, or three out of... Yeah, three games in a row where Kara scored and then uh, Cave scored and Haas scored. So, you know, there you go. They won two of those games and got a point out of the other. You know, you don't need to help McDavid and Dreisaitl much, (laughs) right? Yeah. You don't need to help much. Uh, If you could mix a depth goal, a power play goal, and let those guys do one for you every night, which they will.
0: In a 3-2 league, you're going to be okay.
1: In a 3-2 league, you're going to be okay, Bob. So I didn't, you know, the power play... The power play needs to start to crank some pucks from the point a little bit. It's as Tippett said yesterday, it's getting a little cute for my liking as well. Yep. I'd like to see Oscar or or Clefbaum or Bear or you know step yep. into something and bang a rebound home once in a while. Those count too, right? Yep. Spec, we gotta get going. Thanks
0: for your time. We'll talk to you Friday.
1: All right, Bobby, take care. You bet. That's Mark Specter, Specter and
0: Stoffer, brought to you by the Horses Horse Racing Alberta, the 7,000 men and women that work in Alberta's horse racing and breeding industry. We're going to open up the phone lines when we come back. 780-496-0063, our River Cree Resort Casino hotline. Off to a global news weather traffic update, Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.